0: sports fans it's time for another great edition of strong style impact media's weekly dive off the top rope into the world of professional wrestling and mixed martial arts i'm your host jeremy the impact york tonight's episode is brought to you by the letter e the letter e yeah that some of you guys know where we're going with some of this But before we get into all that, let me tell you how you can be a part of the show. You can email the show, 3nzone at gmail.com. That's the blanket email for Impact Media. If you email us about anything, uh, there is a 99.8% chance that I respond to it, that I'm the one who responds to it. I respond to all of them anyway. There's, There's a high probability that it's me that responds. You can search for us on Facebook, Impact Media. Strong Style, Jeremy York. Any of those should be able to find us. If you are a person who likes to just click a link and listen to a show, we appreciate you guys as well. You can go to our Twitter account at Team Impact Media. Scroll down the appropriate show, click on it, listen as many times as you want. There is no cap on it. You can also follow me for show-related links and notes and uh, un- unrelated things, too, all the fun things that uh, we have going. Like uh, like I say, uh, putt shack, rugby games, hockey, just uh, we try to always be doing something fun, showing you guys some different experiences and things you can do if you're here in Georgia. If you're not, maybe there is a uh, uh, an option similar to that near you, and if not, come to Georgia and hang out. We'd love to. It's uh it's about to get really friggin' hot. Otherwise known as uh kind of Sprummer. Kind of Sprummer. It's gonna get hot during the spring, so uh Sprummer. But either way, you can do that at the Impact 99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. And of course anywhere that you find a podcast, including Spotify, Podcast One, and the iTunes Store. Just simply search for Impact Media. Uh, myself, Jeremy York, or Strong Style, and those should all come up. There is there If there is a place that you regularly find a podcast that you cannot find us, please let us know, and we'll fix that accordingly. If I got to, I'll just send you a direct link. As I said, tonight's show is sponsored by the letter E. What does that mean? Well, it's the theme for sure tonight. And we're going to start. We are going to start by reviewing last weekend's UFC fight night Jessica Andrade versus Aaron Blanchfield. There's an E. A lot of using in those words, but there is an E at the beginning of Aaron Blanchfield's name. One towards the end, too. How about this? Andraj is probably still number one contender. Let's, let's be honest. She's probably, either that or her and uh, Zhang Wei Li, is probably going to happen sooner rather than later. Probably in Korea or Japan or uh, somewhere out that way. But she puts up her spot for Aaron Blanchfield as a late substitution when Aaron's last fight fell through. It happens. And what did Aaron Blanchfield do? Well, she came out and took it to Jessica and Improves to 11 and 1. It's the beautiful, beautiful submission. And she just, I mean, she basically beat Jessica Andrade at every facet that she could. It was the rear naked choke. Uh, Just, what, a minute and a half into round number two? I mean, just just put on a show. Absolutely put on a show. Like I said, dominated in... uh, in uh, big time fashion, women's flyweight—you you, got to look out, she. I mean, you got to have her in the top five now, with that performance alone. Like I said, I don't think Andrade's is going to drop or anything like that. She's still got a big match coming up. I uh, appreciate her stepping in last minute to be in this fight, but Erin uh, Blanchfield, you—you you go girl. <laughs> she absolutely. Proved that uh, in the women's flyweight division, you're going to have to get through at least her or Jessica Andrade to get to the top. And if you're the champ, at some point you're going to have to deal with one or both of them. So good luck with that. Congratulations to Aaron Blanchfield. I mean, just put on a clinic. I mean, it just it wasn't total domination because Andrade got some shots in, but I, you know, you kind of I'm not making excuses. You kind of got to wonder if Andrade, who just fought what a couple weeks ago if uh, maybe her body hadn't fully healed, and uh, Aaron took advantage of that. But uh, I, don't, I don't think it was so much that. It's just Blanchfield come in and said, uh, I, don't know who, I don't really care who I'm facing. I'm taking him out. She took him out. Uh, just exceptional. Uh, Zach Ponga, I believe is how you say his name, he got the big unanimous decision win over Jordan Wright. Uh, the light heavyweight division, there. I mean, like the light heavyweight division needed another hammer in that division, but Zach Ponga is that dude at seven and one. Jamal Pogues got a unanimous decision win over Josh Parisan in the heavyweight division. That was good. These heavyweights, man, it's either going to be an early knockout or they're going to go the distance and they're going to trade. They're going to trade bombs. For three rounds, uh, that's I mean these two just traded shots, traded shots, and uh, Jamal Pokes definitely uh, did enough to win that battle. Uh, in the light heavyweight division, Marcine Procneo. he gets unanimous decision win over William Knight. I want to know what William Knight's game plan was because whatever it was, uh, he was guy he wasn't deer in headlights. He was deer in front grill. Deer and Front Grill. Think about that one. Uh, but uh, Marcin Procneo did everything he needed to do. Ends up getting the victory there. And to round out the uh, main card, even though was this. This may have been the main event of the prelims. I don't remember. But uh, Ageless Wonder, Jim Miller. Took on Alexander Hernandez. Unanimous decision win for Hernandez. Uh, Miller still looked good. The difference, I think, has to do with age. And I hate to say that. Uh, Jim is not quite as fast. He's not slow. But he's not quite as fast as Alexander Hernandez, who is probably half his age. (laughs) Or, you know, a good chunk younger than him. Um, it's stuff that Miller can't work on still. I'm not saying he can't fight because Jim Miller, you know, he's not like these other guys that we pretty much have, have begged to, pretty much begged to, to walk off into the sunset and they, they finally do. I uh, know Jim Miller could still fight and uh, good for Alexander Hernandez for getting the victory in that one. Uh, I feel like Jim Miller's got a couple more fights in at least. But yeah, there were some uh, some other good performances. Uh, Mayor Buena Silva had a submission win over Lena Landsberg. That was pretty fun. Uh, Clayton Carpenter a submission over Juan Camilo uh, Ronderos to open up the card. That was a lot of fun. But while we're on the while we're on the UFC, they've got another fight night coming up this Saturday. at the apex their favorite place and main event there is Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Span. Yeah that's uh that's a wicked sick main event uh in the lightweight division there this is all on ESPN plus I believe which will make it a lot easier to watch it I hope um I'll be honest, you know, Ryan Span is 21-70. Is he's, he's had 28 professional fights. 38 professional fights for Nikita Kralov. Kralov is the minus-170 favorite if you are so inclined to go visit our friends at betonline.net. We'll talk about it in a minute, in a little while. Or, uh, you know, if you have another place you'd like to uh, throw some ducats down. Ryan Span can win this match, though. That's the thing, is he, he can win this matchup. I think Nikita Krylov is going to win. Um, how he's going to win is is uh, kind of interesting. Um, this thing may go to decision if it goes that long. I don't know if it will. But I think Krylov is going to take the victory in that one. I think he is going to outstrike Ryan Span, which could be interesting. Definitely be fun to see. Uh, co-main event, Andre Munez and Brendan Allen in the middleweight division. Andre Munez is a minus 215 favorite in this one. Uh, Brendan Allen is no slouch at 25 and up. 23-4 and over Andre Munez, by the way. Um, I'll take Brendan Allen. I don't know a whole lot about Andre Munez. I've seen him fight a little bit. I just I have a lot of confidence in in Brendan Allen. I think this one is going to have uh, more to do with the, the, the clinching and the grappling and uh, more of the sprawling and things like that. I, I don't I don't know that um, I don't know that striking is going to play that key a part of it. Could be wrong, but I just feel like Brendan Allen is is uh, going to have the advantage there. Also on the main card, Augusto Sakai at a minus 135 favorite against Dante Mays. It's in the heavyweight division. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not as familiar with these guys. I do know that uh, even though Sakai is a favorite, a lot of uh, a lot of the popular vote and some of the money is going to Dante Mays. And we've seen him on TV a little bit more than we have with Augusto. I got, I got Augusto Sakai. I think he's going to win this one. These are heavyweights. I think he's going to have the heavier hands, and he's probably going to get a finish in maybe, in maybe the second round. Uh, fourth matchup, Tatiana Suarez. Versus Montana De La Rosa, if I'm not mistaken, I know Tatiana Suarez is nine and zero. I feel like it's been, I feel like it's been a couple of years. Is that the Tatiana Suarez that I'm thinking of? If so, it's been a couple years since she fought. Yes, she's still a hammer, or she was. We'll see if she's still a hammer. But um, De La Rosa can can throw down if she needs to as well. I don't think I would bet on this because Tatiana Suarez is a minus nine hundred. <laughs> a minus nine hundred. That is almost criminal. Wow. So I would stay away from it, duck it wise. But, um, you know, I, I just want to see what Tatiana Suarez is at on this one. If, uh, if she's ready to resume and, and come back into some things, then, then this will be great. It should be, um, I'm not going to say easy. None of these fights are easy. But it should be a good way to get her feet wet before jumping into the pool. But uh, if she slips up, De La Rosa can, can uh, end this fight too. So that's going to be a fun matchup on towards the top of the card. And lastly, on the main card, Mike Malott is taking on Johan Lanesse. Mike Malott is a minus 205 favorite, two hundred five favorite to plus one seventy four. Johan, uh, this is Canada on Canada violence here in the welterweight division. Uh, I think it's going to be a striking battle. You've got eight one and one versus nine and one. Um, give me give me Johan. I think Johan is is going to get the best of Mike Malott. Probably a decision. I mean, it's probably gonna, or probably gonna come down to decision. But uh, that's that's a stack card there. Once again, these may be a lot of names that you're not very familiar with. I'm not familiar with all of them. But these fight nights, they're worth tuning into because these people will make names of themselves. They will have big moments. They are going for it because they know too. Well, I'm not that popular. If I get a little more popular, maybe I get a better place on the card, or I get a bigger fight, or if I win this fight, I get a bigger fight. So, they're going for it. Uh, Gabriella Fernandez against Jasmine Jasmine Vicious. Am I saying that correctly? That one's going to be fun. Jordan Levin versus Victor Martinez. Uh, opening the card, it's going to be Haley Cowan versus uh, Allen uh, Is Allen or Aline? I think it's a lean perez that's going to be just uh, incredible as well but uh super stack card ufc once again is uh going to just hammer it and knock it out of the park uh let's move on to the pfl and, of course, they just had uh, PFL Challenger Series uh, 4 in Orlando. I believe they're going to have eight of these total. I think I heard Ken Flo say that. Uh, this was all the uh, lightweight. And some pretty good fights. You know, pretty, pretty good fights. As uh, they had uh, Espinosa versus Ferhat Espinosa just... Oof. Man, he put on a show. We'll get to him in a second. He had Sousa, a winner over uh, Lai. That's a pretty good fight. Romero over Caruso. That's another pretty good fight. And uh, I was actually impressed by Decca versus Aguaro. Uh, Charlie Decca versus Jose Aguaro. Aguayo, Aguaro? Aguayo, Aguayo. But uh, you know that one that one ended pretty early. It only went uh, first round, but I, I was impressed by that, but it came down to the judges and the fan vote, and the judges last week were, yeah, it, it, it amazes me, the, the panels they get, the judge panels for these, uh, week four they had Tyron Woodley. They had Vitor Belfort, and they had, uh, remotely, Michael Carter-Williams. Uh, just, wow. That's just just amazing. But the, the contract, as he swept the judge vote and the fan vote, was Elvin Espinosa. Welcome to the PFL. He got signed to the lightweight division. Uh, he absolutely deserved it. Absolutely deserved it. Now, week five is all about the women, all about the women. As it is about the women's flyweight division, your four fights are Neil versus Carogenes, Young versus Lovato. Mazar versus Yanez, and Peralta versus Malden. I don't know much about these ladies. I know they have been doing a lot of videos and press for this week. They have really been trying to hype it up. PFL is is, uh, doing what we do here. You just kind of adjust as you see fit. And they uh, are working on the way they present things, and I think they're doing a great job. So they have had the women doing a lot of press. This week's panel that will be judging them along with us at home. Paige Van Zandt and uh, Megan Anderson will be in attendance. And then remotely, Sam Darnold. He's a big MMA fan. Sam Darnold. We've seen him play football. We're about to see him judge women's MMA. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, down in Orlando, it'll be on Friday, uh, February twenty-fourth, nine p.m. on Fubo Sports. There is a lot of other places that um, that you can watch. Make sure to search around and see exactly where those places are. Also, not to be outdone. Talked about UFC, we talked about PFL. This is a monster weekend because also fighting this weekend is Bellator. Bellator 291 from the Three Arena in Dublin, Ireland, aka it's like a Bellator West. <laughs> they they Bellator does such a good job when they go to uh, when they travel around the world. They they put on great great. Events, but the main event for this one will be Yaroslav Amosov at 26 and 0 versus uh, Logan Storley, who is 14 and 1 for the welterweight world title. This is going to be a banger of a fight. Banger of a fight. A uh, good thing about Yaroslav Amosov is uh, he's pretty balanced. You know, he's, he's got the nine TKO wins. He's got the 10 submissions. He's got seven decisions. He kind of spreads it around, does what he needs to do. Logan Storley uh, either knocks you out or gets a decision. And his lone loss was in a decision. So he's going to want to avoid decisions here. He's going to want to try to lock, uh, knock him out as best he can, uh, early on. I'll be honest. I think Amosov is going to win. Uh, I doubt Logan Storley a lot, and, and, and not on purpose. It just uh, I don't I don't know why I don't pick him. I should, but uh, I really like Amosov, and I think Amosov is going to. Uh, he could win by decision. I think this may go decision. If they can't knock each other out, it may go decision. But that is a heck of a main event. The co-main event, Pedro Carvalho versus Jeremy Kennedy in the featherweight division. Pedro Carvalho uh, kind of spreads his around as well. He's got more submissions than he does decisions. Got a couple knockouts. uh, Kind of spreads around uh, the way he's lost a couple here and there. Jeremy Kennedy, otherwise known as Junior Bacon Cheeseburger, what a great nickname. Uh, He tends to like the knockouts or the decisions, but he can't submit you if he gives a chance. And you know what? Normally I would go Carvalho, give me Jeremy Kennedy, because i got to stand up for Jeremy's everywhere. So give me Jeremy Kennedy, and Jeremy Kennedy do not make me look bad. If you do, I will just be sad, because we all know I can't do anything about it. But uh, give me Jeremy Kennedy in that one, Uh, just for the simple fact i got to back another Jeremy. Peter Queeley versus Bryce Logan. This could be a main event any other night that didn't have those other two fights on it. He gets to fight in his home country of Dublin, Ireland. In fact, his hometown. Uh, He has three knockouts and ten decision wins to one knockout. And uh, he's been knocked out once and lost six decisions. Uh, talking about Peter, the showstopper, Queely. So he's going to want to try to take that the distance. He's he's, uh, he's had a pretty good career in doing that. Uh, Bryce Logan, on the other hand, uh, he's a big decision guy too. This will probably go to a decision. Got a couple knockouts, couple submissions going into it. Um, if it's going to go to decision, I think you got to go with pretty similar records, pretty similar careers to this point. i got to go with the hometown guy, Peter Queely. When you fight in your hometown, you either fight really good or you fight really bad. I'm going to say Peter Quilley fights really good. Give me him over Bryce Logan. And let's see, there's two more on the main card. You got Sinead Cavanaugh versus Janae Harding. Is this for a belt? No, it's just the women's featherweight. I didn't think so. Uh, Sinead Cavanaugh is either a knockout artist or uh, goes to a decision. It's the same way with how she's lost. Janae Hollowpoint-Harding, great nickname, is the same way. No real submission in her game there, although she's been submitted. Um, these two women are going to throw down. They're, if, if uh, you know, go ahead and watch the PFL Challenger Series and then flip on over to Bellator that same night, or whichever comes first. Flip on over. And... um and watch this fight because these two girls are uh, going to be throwing hammers at each other um i'm going to go with chenae harding is going to find a way to get the victory i think it's going to be by decision because i don't think either one of them are going to knock each other out but also keep in mind that chenae Kavanaugh is from ireland so maybe she fights you know up an extra level And then, lastly, on the main card, Syrian Clark from Ireland versus Leonardo Sinise. He's from Greece. Syrian Clark is six and zero. Oh, what do they call him? They don't. He don't have a nickname yet. That's totally cool because he is from Drogheda County, Louth, Ireland. If I am saying that correctly. Uh, he kind of spreads out his wins though. He's got a TKO. He's got three submissions and two decisions. Seems like he just rolls with the punches. I mean, that's kind of the way his fights go. He just kind of goes with what's going on. Then Leonardo Pitbull Sinise, he's got 10 submissions, one TKO victory. He's been knocked out a couple times, lost decisions as well. I normally like to go with the home fighters, but I think Syrian Clark is going to get his first loss here. I think Leonardo Sinise is going to submit him in one way or another. But that is Bellator 291, and that wraps up our MMA portion of the show. We're going to take a quick break and tell you about our friends at betonline.net, and when we get back, we will talk professional wrestling, as they've had a couple events, in, or they had an event over the weekend, and they've got uh, another one on the horizon. It seems like everybody is gearing up right here Everything's things heating up during the spring, but... Uh, Let's talk about our friends from BetOnline.net, and we'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Jeremy, the Impact Dork from the Impact Media Family of Podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact. You're welcome back. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. They have the betting and wagering lines. They have the podcast. They have the articles. They have all the information to make you a better, more uh, informed fan. And you'll win all your debates. And you'll just be a better fan. So check out betonline.net and tell them Impact Media sent you. They love to hear that, and we love to hear from them that you told them that. Now, WWE decided to have elimination chamber over the weekend, and while the results were pretty chalky, I would say pretty, we we kind of saw where a lot of this is going. Elimination chamber typically is the the precursor, it sets up WrestleMania. It ties in some of the last loose ends that Royal Rumble did not. And that is very much what happened. Because another E to focus on this this uh, evening, another E there, is elimination, or elimination chain As this pay-per-view did did eliminate some people from situations that they thought they would be in. And it may have uh, actually clarified some others. So let's start here. We'll go to the women's elimination chamber. The winner was going to face Bianca Belair at WrestleMania, or is, rather not was. Um, You know... Just, just to tie in uh, everyday story to show that I'm human, just like you guys, I spent part of the morning at the dentist this morning. I know people don't like going to the dentist. I do. I got a really cool dentist. Uh, a lot of trust. You have to go into a dentist um, because you you I mean you got to think what you're allowing him or her to do. So you got to have a lot of trust that they're going to go in there and, and get the, the dirty work done, so to say and uh help you overall uh to 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 be better than you were when you walked in you know so in the same way you've got people especially in these chamber matches that are there for different reasons they're they have different purposes you don't think they really have that big a shot especially if they start off if they start off an elimination chamber, you can majority of the time go ahead and mark them off your favorites list. But you gotta trust them to go in there and get everything going, get all the wheels in motion so that by the time you get to the finish of the match, you still have everybody's attention, but they still remember everybody else in in the match. So in the same way that I trust my dentist. Once again, if you don't trust your dentist, you should maybe get a different dentist. Since you're in Montreal, they started off with Natalia, the hometown girl, and Liv Morgan, and these two were great workhorses, great mechanics to go in there and get. They did a lot of the ground. They laid a lot of the groundwork that made the rest of this work, the rest of this match work. Without the handful of minutes they had early before Raquel Rodriguez got in after that, and she, she was able to use a lot of her power, but they were there to showcase her as well, and uh, I, thought, I thought Natalia and Liv Morgan were, were actually two of the best performances in the chamber, not just because they started, but because they kept you in it. They kept your attention in this match the entire time uh, without a lot of crazy spots. Now, there were some, but like I said, then Raquel Rodriguez come in, uh, Nikki Cross. She had some good moments. Then Carmella and, and then Oshka. And you have some good moments. You're going to have some high spots, some things like that. Uh, in the end, Oshka wins. But without without the trust and the groundwork that was laid in by Natalia and Liv Morgan, uh, this, this match wouldn't have probably been the, I'd say, AA minus A- that it probably was. This was one of the best matches on the card all night. And it's because all six of those women know what they're doing. And, uh, Ashka going on to face Bianca Belair. Probably she's the most, she's got the best resume. A lot of people like her. Maybe she has her WrestleMania moment. Who knows? Uh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. They beat the holy crap out of each other for uh, a good while. Uh, The fun thing is, is that Bobby is actually uh, getting booed during this show because Lesnar has Canadian citizenship. I think he actually lives in Canada now, by the way. Uh, And so everybody in Montreal loved him. They were going just nuts. Just absolutely nuts for him. A lot of suplex cities, a lot of F5s. Spears, and I mean they these are two juggernauts. Uh Lashley got the hurt lock in, and it looked like Lesnar wasn't gonna be able to get out. So Lesnar did a low blow. It uh, got him disqualified from the match. And then he uh F5 the referee. He did one to Lashley, he hit the F five on Lashley on the announce table, and then he did the same to the referee, and I'm sure that didn't go over well because I I heard that, that was not that was him going off script, which he tends to do, uh, but he, he did it to the ref on the, the broken table, and I, I'm sure that that went just swimmingly, but this just sets up. They're, they're going to face for a fourth time. It's going to be WrestleMania. I don't know why they burned a third time like this on Elimination Chamber, but hey, we go over all the time. That, they don't ask our opinion, but uh, these two at WrestleMania should be great. It might headline night one or it might uh, it might kick off night two i bet it has a prime spot george st pierre and Ariel hawani were there What's, i mean they're in they're in montreal that's 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 two of canada's uh biggest mma and combat sports faces and, and that's that's no joke the combat sports world knows who Ariel hawani is and they know who george st pierre is and if you don't I'm for you to look them up because uh, they are some of the best. Uh, you had Edge and Beth Phoenix went over the Judgment Day. This was okay. It's kind of clunky. I really thought, with the people involved, that it would be a little better than it was. But it just. Uh, Uh, what it didn't do much for me. Uh, Edge gets his pin over Balor. Um, it's time for them to move on. Judgment Day needs to do some other stuff and get with Edge, and Edge needs to do something else or leave again or whatever he's going to do. I just, I, I'm just tired of this. Tired of of Edge versus Judgment Day, and it needs to be done with. And Rhea Ripley has her match with Charlotte coming up. So, you know, we'll see what the guys end up doing. Then we get the men's elimination chamber for the United States title. Remember how I said that they put in Liv Morgan and Natalia to start everything off and get everybody into it? Guess what they did in the men's? The same way. If you're gonna if I'm gonna trust my dentist. And you need to trust that Seth Rollins and Johnny Gargano are going to put on a clinic. And they did. Theory comes in next. Uh, He did some pretty good stuff as well. Um, They were foreshadowing a little to me that he was going to play a part in the end. I mean, he's a champ. You would hope he wouldn't get eliminated first or something. But uh, th- there were times when, when he was not a part of the action. A lot of times that's a foreshadowing of who is eventually going to win. Uh, but coming out fourth was Damian Priest. He came in, kind of shoved everybody around. He was doing some good stuff. Uh, Bronson Reed come in next. Now, by the way, the fact that a pod will hold Bronson Reed or Damian Priest is uh, just some amazing, amazing, just feats. Uh, but Priest and Reed getting into it—that could be a fun thing down the road. I, I definitely enjoyed that. Montez Ford was was uh, ended up being the last one. Did I miss somebody? So you had Rollins, Gargano. You had Theory. You had Damian Priest. Oh, you had Reed, and then you had Montez Ford. I'll tell you right now, Montez Ford was in this match because he was he was the Kofi Kingston spot. He was going to jump off a bunch of stuff. He was going to do a lot of high spots. He was the last person in the match I thought could win this match. Uh, he did show that when he when he wrestled solo. He can he can hold his own with a lot of these guys. Uh, I just he, he's kind of like Rob Van Dam and a couple of those other ones. They do so many high flying things and they get dinged up and hurt all the time. Just uh, it's going to derail a lot of the momentum they have. Uh, but you know, I mean, I, I'm not the world's biggest Montez Ford fan, but he he has done some things recently. I I like like uh D'Angelo Dawkins too. I feel like if, when they do split that team, that Dawkins could have the more solid run up front. It'll be interesting to see if Ford has the, uh, the longer run later, but shout out to Johnny wrestling Gargano. I, I really thought he, if Ford was my last choice to win, Gargano was probably next to last and it's not because of ability. I uh, it, it really does just amaze me the stuff that Johnny Gargano can do and to come up with and, and just how further advanced he is than so many other people. Uh, but in the end, uh, Rollins... Ran into his old buddy, Logan Paul, who found a way to uh, there being an open door, and he took out Rollins, which means Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. I'm all for that. Uh, If you want to see where Logan Paul is at in his skill level, why don't you take on the guy that he is built a lot like and should take every note he possibly can from Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins could set Logan Paul up to have a great career. Uh, In the end, Theory retains his U.S. title. I thought it was great that he went through five, I mean all five, because he came in third. The first two guys were still there. So he ended up having to go through all five people in order to keep his title. Uh, Excellent. It, It seems like they still believe in Austin Theory even though, even though Vince is not there anymore, um, then we got to the main event. And we know they're in Canada. We know they're in Montreal, which is like 30 minutes from where Sami Zayn was born. Uh, this might as well have been in his backyard. The crowd was just—it's some of the loudest. WWE fans at a show, especially a pay-per-view, that I have heard in a long, long time. I mean, I I couldn't even compare it to anything. Uh, They were going absolutely crazy. And then Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns put on a show. They absolutely know what they're doing. They put on just an exceptional show. There were some just some great, great, great moments during this, and I don't think WWE realized that Sami Zayn's popularity was going to get to the fever pitch that it is currently at, and we'll get a little bit into that in a second, but... Roman knows how to feed into that. Roman needed the extra heat because here lately more people have been into the bloodline than they have most other things. The problem is... The problem with that is is that a lot of it was because of Sami Zayn. Now, the bloodline did play a role in all this, as the Usos were involved in in all that, and they got to sort all that out. But... In the end, Roman Reigns retains with the help of the bloodline as he typically does, which is fine. It, it I don't have a problem with it. But here lies the problem. By the way, I give the pay-per-view, I would give it... Can I get four and a quarter? Four and a quarter stars out of five. It's almost a four and a half. Just, uh. Just, uh. Really, really amazing. But here's the problem. The problem. Is that. I don't know that Sammy is going to be involved in the Cody versus Roman. Match at WrestleMania. But this whole ordeal of flipping him face the way they did and the way the crowd is completely behind him. I mean, it's like a 99% where, I mean, you, he's got to be involved somewhere and Kevin Owens got to be involved somewhere, but maybe not in the main event. You can't make it a feel 4 way. You could make it a three. You could make a three way dance. Triple threat. Um, I don't think that would that would serve you too bad to do something like that. But Sammy is way too popular to not be a part of the main event somehow. And I don't know that there was their original intention, but it's the here and the now, and now Sammy is that popular, and he, he deserves this run on top, whether it's with a title or not. Him and, and Kevin Owens have battled their whole lives. Kevin's got a couple runs on top. Sammy had to claw and had to, had to find the side door to get to the, the main stage but he's just that good he's just absolutely that good um I said overall I thought it was great elimination chamber uh look like Montez fork got a little dinged up I think one of the ladies did as well but I think they're they're gonna be pretty good as far as that it's now the road to WrestleMania is, is now in, in the last stretch. So we will see the pieces start to fall into place and we will see where things go from there. So that pretty much takes care of the Raw and SmackDown part of the show. Let's get, let's talk some NXT. NXT, whatever they're doing with Shawn Michaels and Grayson Waller, I think is going to be an excellent excellent boost for Grayson Waller. This to me shows that they agree with me that Grayson Waller is probably the next big thing out of NXT. Or maybe he is the now big thing. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he got a call up post WrestleMania. Also wouldn't surprise me if they pulled up a, a Braun Breaker or something like that. I, I don't think you, you should do it right now. But if they pulled up Braun, they had Grayson take the title off of him. Could see that. There's a couple NXT guys and girls that I I think could get the call up. We'll see what happens. But NXT opened up with Tyler Bate versus Grayson Waller. Uh, Tyler Bate gets the win in this one, but Waller and HBK have another backstage run-in. Waller gets kicked out of the building. Like I said, this is... It's going to be a really, really fun storyline moving forward. I look forward to seeing what happened this week. As you guys know, that, until I do this show, I do not watch this week's wrestling, so I do not know at this moment what happened. But uh, like I said, Grayson Waller, he shows me about every trait of being a, uh, a big-time player very, very soon. Uh, we have Thea Hale versus Tiffany Stratton. You know, Thea Hale had gotten, I, I hate when they do these things, but uh, abducted, kidnapped by Schism a Couple uh, last week or whatever. She was a little paranoid this week. Tiffany Stratton could be one of the next big stars down there as well. She has come back from injuries. She is in impeccable shape, and she has really rounded off some of the edges in her game and is on it. Uh, Stratton with the win. Thea Hale and, and Schism chase you, all that stuff. That... That's going to be fun. It's going to help skizz them out a lot. And it's probably going to help VAL. Maybe break out. Um, looks like Jinder Mahal and Indus Shur is going to be bronze next uh, kind of opponents. They kind of tried to call him out. Um, you know, I, I thought it was going to be Carmelo Hayes. Uh, you know, maybe they had their match already, but um, you know they're having to. It's I like that Indusure is now partnering up with Jinder Mahal. That's I know they get the the whole they're all Indian thing, and I, I get that, but uh, that's that's a trio that could really do something if they can really. Get a good foothold in NXT. I think they could get a foothold on Raw or SmackDown just in time to have another uh, trio up there. Wesley took on Von Wagner. Von Wagner is getting a little better, but a uh, great win by Wesley. Very much enjoyed his performance. He, he is out there busting it every night. Like I said, Wagner's getting better. Uh, there, there was choppy moments to his game, and Wagner's getting a lot better with that. Uh, Charlie Dempsey beat Hank Walker, and after he won the match, he put the hold he was doing back on Hank Walker, and Gulak jumped on the ring like he was going to do something, and then Charlie Dempsey stopped. They had some words, and then they left together. So if Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey are going to be pairing up, look out, rest of the division. These guys are are like two Daniel Bryans. They will slap you on a hold and not let go. Um the main event the main event was okay. It was Miko, Satamura, and Roxanne Perez who beat KC Squared. KC Squared are back to jobbing out for uh, mismatched tag teams that, that will probably not team again. But it uh, looks like Miko also wants to challenge Roxanne for the title. Don't have a problem there. Don't have a problem if Miko wins. But other than that, another good NXT. NXT is one of the better uh, shows, wrestling shows throughout the week, in my opinion. Uh, New Japan is right up there. And then it's just kind of mismatched as far as, as uh, what's the best that week. Let's get into AEW. Let's go to AEW Dynamite. Everybody this week uh, talked about Jerry Jarrett, who was Jeff Jarrett's dad who passed away. Uh, I could do an entire hour, hour and a half on all the things that Jerry Jarrett has done for professional wrestling. And almost all of them panned out. (laughs) He doesn't have a bad failure rate. He was pretty dang good at what he did. Uh, But Dynamite opened with... Uh, Jeff Jarrett, Sanjay Dutt, Lethal, and uh, Sotnam Singh all against Orange Cassidy, The Acclaimed, and Billy Gunn. Uh, Normally, The Acclaimed have some funny rhymes and things like that. I don't know if Jeff Jarrett happened to know that Max Caster was going to take a shot at his dad. I didn't really like it. I don't like when they do that. And uh, Jeff Jarrett looked like he was wanted to punch him in the mouth. Old school style. He didn't care if he was alive on TV or not, and look like Lethal talked him down. So either that was some really, really good playing up of a moment, or Jeff Jarrett was mad, and he had every right to be. Uh, you know, if I was if if I was going against Max Castor, I, I really like the acclaimed. I have no problem with either one of them. I think him and Bowens are really, really good, and they keep getting better. Having Billy around is going to make them even better. But I would tell him there are certain things that are off limits. You can rap about anything you want. Uh, keep these topics out of your mouth. And if I'm Jeff, uh, my recently passed away father would definitely be towards the top of that list. And I just didn't like it. I thought it took away from the moment. I mean, obviously, Orange and, and Billy and the acclaimed end up winning. It was, it was a pretty solid eight-man tag. of uh, Singh is actually getting better in the ring. He's, he's not as choppy. He's getting a lot better. To be that big, it's it's really hard to be able to pull off a good match like that. But um, I just I felt like it it would have been a great opening segment. But when you took that shot, even the crowd was like, what did he say? And uh, I, just, I just didn't really like it so much. Uh, talk about a really good match. How about a tornado tag, which means all four people are, are active in the match at any time. Claudio Castanoli and Sean Moxley. Took on Roosh and Preston Vance. Wow. Roosh is already one of my favorites. Big-time favorites. I'm a big Roosh fan. A big Claudio fan. Uh, Moxley's really good. We know how good they all are. Preston Vance is one that uh, he was a mask guy. He was a background guy. Now he's starting to become a little more of an equal partner with Roosh, trying to bring him up through the ranks, make him as as big a prospect as everybody thinks he is. Uh, He more than held his own in this particular match. And, uh, of course, Claudio and Mox win. That's fine. But Roosh and Preston Vance walked out of there possibly the bigger winners because the crowd loved their performance. Mark Briscoe. looks like we're going to officially get Mark Briscoe in AEW now. They finally uh, got over all the the red tape and the stupid crap that was keeping uh, the Briscos out. It uh, it's terrible that we had to lose a Briscoe to get the other one in, but uh, it is what it is, I guess. But Mark Briscoe took on uh, Josh the Goods Woods. They faced off many times from Ring of Honor, but uh, really good. Josh Woods, I've talked about him a lot on this show. He's really good. Got the MMA background. He's a lot like a uh, like a Jake Hager in that he does the MMA on, on, on the side, basically, and then he professional wrestles, and he's really good grappler. Uh, he's got a lot of power. He's a good young kid. Uh, could really do some big things if he concentrated more on one than the other. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But Mark Briscoe gets the win. He's the better professional wrestler in this case, and uh, it was good to see Mark Briscoe get another win. Um. We got uh, MJF and uh, Chris Daniels and Brian Danielson all kind of get into it a little bit. It led to a match later. Uh, at this point, the MJF, Danielson stuff, I'm, I'm just ready to, to see the payoff. I think maybe next weekend is their big event. Could be wrong in that, but uh, at, at this point, I'm just almost tired of it. I just, uh, I already know that Danielson's probably not going to win. So I just want to kind of just see it and be done with it. Uh, Jack Perry versus Brian Cage was possibly the best match on AEW Dynamite this week. Uh, Brian Cage wrestles like he's Jack Perry's size. Jack Perry has the heart of somebody this size of Brian Cage. Uh, Perry ends up with the win. And, uh, Brian Cates ends up coming out of one or two because everybody, he got showcased, everybody got to see a lot more of the stuff he can do, and, uh, he, I mean, he keeps me on TV every week. That helps. There's other people that, that don't get on TV that we would like to see more often, like Miro. That's a whole nother one. Let's go, uh, Kip Sabian had a match with Hangman Page. Kip Sabian is another unsung hero. He does some really great work. He's a, a really good mechanic. He's a good hand in the ring. And uh, you guys know that that means that he helps make the other guy look really good. And uh, he also gets in some stuff of his own. He had Penelope Cruz down there as well. But Hangman needed a back a, a, a comeback win, get himself back in. It looks like Mox Uta and uh, Claudio come out later after Hangman won the match. But shout-out Kip Sabian that him and Penelope, since coming back from injuries, have done some really, really good work. And uh, I don't know if they're getting the praise, that they should. But like I said, Hangman went face-to-face with Mox, Yuta, and Claudio. They are basically going to do a Texas death match. I don't know, sometime soon. Does anybody know when that actually is? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's going to be at AEW Revolution that Sunday, March the 5th at 8. Appreciate uh, Producer Sassy and Sunshine working to uh, shoot me those details. Pretty sure it wasn't this weekend. It's next. two. two, three. It'll be next Sunday. Next Sunday. That should be fun. Uh, let's see what else. Ruby Soho. Defeated Dr. Britt Baker and Tony Storm. Uh, Hader and Soraya were out there. It, it, even though it should have been Ruby's moment, in the end, uh, Soraya and, and Hater were on either side of her. I mean, if, if they all want to do a triple threat as well, that'd be great. But it, it was really Ruby's moment. Just everybody started jumping up and down and and uh, just clowning all over her moment. I, I didn't really particularly like that, even though I'm a big fan of practically everybody involved in that. We moved to Rampage, where Top Flight and AR Fox took on the Elite in a Trios Championship match. It was really good. It was. Uh, it had a basketball theme. They're all wearing NBA All Star jerseys, which it was on TNT, so it was fun. They used basketballs as as props during the match. That was that's some pretty entertaining ways to do it. I thought that was uh, pretty good. Ultimately, the elite end up winning as they should. And a lot of people are like, well, what other trio could possibly challenge them right now and and really be a threat to the titles? And then the lights go off. And when they come back on. Two House of Black members are in their masks halfway up the ramp. And then the lights go back off and they disappear. And I believe it was Brody King and Malachi Black. I think Buddy Murphy was not there with them. But House of Black versus the Elite, sign me up. That is that. I mean, that's that's pay per view main event quality. Uh, I can't wait. I I know a friend of the show, James, out in California. Uh, He's super stoked about it um, because I didn't get to see that part live. I I was a couple minutes behind the live broadcast, and he's like, oh, my goodness, you've got to see the House of Black uh, spot. And I said, I can't wait. Don't tell me anything about it. And he didn't. We actually didn't talk for like a day so that uh, so that I could watch it. But. uh, Just excellent. Excellent. Uh, Ricky Starks over Daniel Garcia. Pretty good match. Ricky Starks, since since kind of doing this stuff with Jericho and the in the JAS, he's lost a little shine, in my opinion. Uh, he's not, doesn't quite have the momentum. He's kind of hit a snag going against them. He's almost better off facing somebody else. But uh, he beats Daniel Garcia as he should, and uh, we'll see what Ricky Starks does going forward. Uh, they tried to build up Vert Vixen to be something, and then Jade Cargill proceeded to just just mollywagger. And I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably start fast forwarding through Cargill matches because they just frustrate me. Good for her, you know. But as um, and then the main event: Dustin Rhodes, the natural Dustin Rhodes, took on Swerve Strickland, the mogul affiliate was down there, Parker. Because the DQ later on the match, they were having a really good match. And then Parker gets in the ring and, and hits Dustin, and, and then there's the DQ. So they just threw away everything that they did. Um, and then we figure out the whole reason they had this entire get-up in this entire match. Uh, they were going to do the cinder block stomp on Dustin, but were interrupted by the last person they did that to, Keith Lee, who returned. Looks a little different, looks a little trimmer. And uh, so, it looks like Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland are not done yet. And we will see what they get into moving forward. So, lastly, thing to talk about here is New Japan. They had uh, one match on this week's card, and it was Hiromu Takahashi defending his, I think, junior heavyweight championship against Yo. Yo uh, really showed that, that he can be a, a standalone star if he wants to be. Uh, he's part of a good tag team. But uh, him and Hiromu completely tore the house down. And uh, Hiromu Takahashi ends up retaining. It was a really, really good match. If you're not watching New Japan, you absolutely should. But. Uh, Hiromu is, he, he kind of reminds me of Carlito. If you guys remember Carlito from years ago, really gifted. Uh, he He's super fast, which is, uh, Carlito was not very fast. He was very crisp with a lot of things he did, which is what Hiromu does. Um, but everybody from uh, Los and de Japón, big fan of those guys. And Hiromu, just, just a fantastic member. Uh, lastly, As we just hit the one-hour mark on the show, Uh, I was going to talk some Impact Wrestling, but even better, they have a pay-per-view coming up this weekend. It is No Surrender. It will be in Sunrise Manor, Nevada. It'll be on Impact Plus and YouTube, places you can watch it. And uh, they got some pretty solid matches. Uh, Deonna Purrazzo is going to take on Giselle Shaw. Is this part of the pre-show? Deonna Purrazzo is on the pre-show. God. Okay. But uh, hopefully, it's because Purrazzo is going to stick around. Uh, there, there is rumors that she could be heading back to WWE soon. Uh, there's, there's, if so, I wonder if Macklin would follow because uh, you know he used to be part of of uh, Gunners. Group there, the Sons of Liberty or Sons of, for what they're called now, but he, he was part of that. Um, but Deanna Prado versus Giselle Shaw. Giselle is really good. She's not as good as uh, as uh, Perazzo, but uh, I've been watching Giselle Shaw for a good handful of years. A couple years ago, she was in Wild WOW Women of Wrestling. Uh, she had a not so great gimmicks. She did okay with it. She was uh, like uh, a warrior princess, Native American type thing. Just fine. Aztec warrior, something like that. Uh, just mm, this Giselle Shaw is, is uh, she, she goes by something totally different. Or she used to go by something totally different. Uh, Giselle Shaw, though, is a really good wrestler, really good. Uh, th- this should be really good. It's It's just a shame that it's not on the main card. Let me look. Okay, there's not room for it on the main card. That's that's one. Okay, makes me feel a little better. But uh, I take Perrazzo in this one, and if Giselle Shaw happens to win, then that would tell me that Perrazzo is probably going to leave for WWE soon. Also on the pre-show, this pains me a little bit too. But once again, we're just we're out of out of room on the card. Jonathan Gresham, the Octopus, is going to take on Speedball Mike Bailey. This, my goodness, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be just insane. That match is Jonathan Gresham has every hold known the man, and probably some known to space aliens, and he's really good at it. And homegrown talent out of Atlanta here, and Speedball Mike Bailey has a lot of the kicks and strikes and some other maneuvers himself. That that is going to be a highly entertaining match. There's a good chance to pre-show is the two best matches on the entire card. Um, then we get into the main card. You get Mickey James defending the women's title against Masha Slamovich. I do not know. I do not know if Mickey James loses this, she's gone. Like it has been here soon. I mean here lately. But uh, I would love to see Masha win the belt. It it bugged the crap out of me. They built her up into this undefeated monster and then had Jordan Grace uh, top her out real easy. And uh, then just kind of sink into obscurity for about a month before kind of edging her way back in the way she has here. Uh, I would like to see Masha win. And I'm a big fan of Mickey, but I want to see something different. And Mickey had to hold the belt before she leaves. Let Moss should be the one to put it into. If you're going to do that, uh, Josh Alexander defends the world title against Rich Swan. In no way whatsoever do I think Rich Swan is going to win this match. It's a shame because Rich Swan is a good a good wrestler, but uh, Josh Alexander's beat everybody else on the roster. Why wouldn't he beat Rich Swan? He's, he's beaten better than Rich Swan, and Rich Swan's really good. Um, Brian Myers is going to take on Heath and PCO and Steve Macklin. This is determined the number one contender for the world championship. Uh, Steve Macklin is the heavy favorite in this one. Uh, could be Heath, eh, why not? PCO would be interesting. Brian Myers, sure, but uh, Steve Macklin. If Steve Macklin's not going for the world title, he should leave and go to WWE as well. Time Machine, otherwise known as Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin, and Kushida, are going to take on Bullet Club of Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Kenta. Kenta's came across from Japan now. Kenta is really, really good. See, here's the thing. In New Japan, Kenta is a uh, heavyweight contender. And this is not because there are smaller people in Japan. It's because they look at the heavyweight picture a lot differently. In WWE, he was a cruiserweight. And uh, as good as he was, they just saw him as another little small guy. That's why he left one back in Japan. Don't blame him. But uh, that, that's, that's six of the most talented people on their roster. There will be a lot of action, a lot of back and forth. I would be willing to bet that unless Kenta causes uh, the downfall of Time Machine, I bet Kushida gets the victory for Time Machine. I'd be willing to bet. Uh, the, Death Do- the Death Dolls, uh, Jessica and Taya Valkyrie, they're going to have Rosemary with them. Are going to defend their knockout tag team championships against the Hex, Allison K and Marty Bell with Father James Mitchell. Um, little to no build up on this. I, I would like to see a lot more build up than that. I like that Allison K and Marty Bell are a big time tag team. They are great indie talents. Uh, I like to see that they. I think the last time I saw either one of them, they were in Ring of Honor, and uh, they're quite good. But this came out of nowhere, so either the Hex are going to win to continue the feud, or something will happen, maybe there's a DQ or something, and you're going to see probably another handful of weeks of these two teams going at it. But uh, there's not a lot of tag teams, women's tag teams, in Impact Wrestling. So uh, if the Hex come in and they don't win, then what was the point? I feel like they're going to win. Uh, Kazarian is going to take on Khan, who's going to have Dieter, Callahan, and Angels, the rest of the design, down there with him. Uh, I think Kaz is going to find a way to get the victory here, but Khan and Dieter and Angels and Callahan are probably going to just beat the crap out of him after that. And then lastly, but probably the match, I, I am very intrigued by Joe Hendry is going to defend his Impact Digital Media Championship against Moose. Either Moose is trying to get the one title he's never had. Or they really, really like Joe Hendry. And uh, I believe in Joe Hendry. Hopefully you guys do too. Uh, He's a fantastic talent. I'm going to say Hendry finds a way. This is a dot combat match. That probably means that they're going to have keyboards and other computer-related parts. That they uh, that they're going to swing at each other It's probably going to be a ladder match, all kinds of stuff. Um, I think Joe Hendry finds a way to win. Should be good though, really good card. I, I give Impact credit. They're they're doing some different things. They're they're really building up, and uh, you know they have a great roster if they'll just match them up a lot better than they usually do, and I think that card is pretty good there. I mean, like I said, when your pre-show could be main events, uh, that that shows how deep your roster is. But other than that, that's going to do it for us this week here on Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy The Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Remember, the letter E. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting.